the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. Morning, everybody, and Merry Christmas in the 11. It's a Saturday morning, December 24, 2022, Christmas Eve, good old 710 KNUS. And Billy Thorpe, by the way, picked that song and wrote that open to the new show. Families and friends and in-laws and outlaws and looking back and looking forward on Christmas Eve here on 710 KNUS. And it's been a really, really kind, very, very good show. 45, it's going to warm up. 51 Sunday, pardon me. Monday, back to work Monday, if some of you are 52, I will be skiing. So we have had so many great people since early this morning with Sarah Reams and Ted Trimba and Brother Jeff and my family and went down a list of people, Mark Crowley, and I mean, the, the list goes on. But we started telling stories in the last segment uh, about, and this is looking back and looking forward, about this goofball radio show. And um, these are the two men, I almost said young men, but they're now no older men. We used to be the young men. Yeah, we used, used to be to. young. When I, when <laughs> I, I used came, to have hair. It's when, depressing. When, when, when I first came oh. here, you were young. Now you're not. Yeah. Ish. Yeah. yeah. Ish. Yeah. But, now I'm pushing 50. <laughs> yeah. It's like, oh. And Shut so, up, Connor. <laughs> but these guys are responsible for, well, Billy's responsible for stuff that happened at KHOW. Yeah. And then when Case left, uh, to become a, a beer baron, and they said, "Who?" And I said, "Go get Billy." Yeah, and just made the transition easier. Oh, so oh, nice. It was like, well, okay, because losing you was going to be really, really hard for me. Oh, it's going to be really hard. Well, anybody else? Listen, Pete has a certain way he likes things. There's a you reason. Think? Well, and there's a reason why he's successful at what he's done all yep. these years. But throwing a young kid in on it, you're like, oh, he's going to chew him up and spit him out. <laughs> he's going to eat him. <laughs> eat him alive. So yeah. when you heard it was Billy, I was like, oh, that'll be fine. Yeah. yeah. So. And we be in. So, but Billy and I go back. What, when did you come on the job oh, with me geez. at KHOW? It would have been 99-ish, somewhere in there. Yeah, I don't remember. Yeah, the the exact year it was. Bouncing around and there was, um, I was working with another show. And, Where were you working? Um, oh, it was it was across the hall at the at COA. Oh, we were going to go Yeah, and and it was uh, working in the morning news, and it it wasn't the right fit. Yeah. That's what we're going to say yeah. on the air. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and so uh, that's a so, rough one. Yeah, yeah, when when the job down the hall opened up, I jumped at that in a yeah. second. In part because the guy that was before you, before me that took that was running the show had. Oh, he he was a regular at very, very, very many bars yeah, downtown yeah. Denver and that. had a hard time telling time. And so the evidently the alarm clock didn't go off regularly. So mm-hmm. about three out of the days of the week, I would end up starting the show with you. So yeah. I'd spend the first 15 to 45 minutes with you in the show. So it just was a very natural transition. Now that was a, so, that was, that yeah. was a hot minute a couple of times. You oh, know? yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you know, and now I say, everybody like, you know, what time is 7 o'clock or 8 o'clock? Well, it's 6 o'clock. Yeah. And that's a radio gig that. Yeah, you, you, know, show up, nine, you show up an hour early. Nine o'clock is really seven o'clock in the morning, and if you can't get that, you know, then you don't belong in this yeah. business. But long story short, and then Billy came over, and uh, we were doing haunted house shows then, and doing. Oh yeah, here's my favorite Billy. So uh, Barry Fay presents something called, and it was it was um, it was it was every 
weird, evil rock and roll show yeah. that ever yeah. was put together at one time. And it was Ozzy. Yeah, it was Ozfest. And they, they called it the Ozfest. Yeah. So my kids are like, how old was your brother then? Uh, I'm going to say maybe sixth grade, maybe <laughs> seventh grade. We did Ozfest. Yeah. Oh, no. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> I, t- I took my kids. And yeah. my son just left. And he, that's one of his highlights. <clears throat> That yeah. uh, and we all went to Ozfest. Uh, my my Shannon and Morgan and yeah. Billy and his brother. That was crazy. And his brother's now in the business. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He's now he works with what used to be Intercom now it's Odyssey. Yeah. yeah, he's in charge of all of their live events nationally. Yeah, yeah. I mean, so he, yeah. So we all go. He's to up still. Yeah, he's still up north. Yeah, he's in yeah. Seattle, but he's flying all over the place. So we all go to fun stuff. we go to Ozfest, and that's yeah. where you know I I met Marilyn Manson and I met Ozzy and you know and my Ozzy story I can't tell on the air, but the Marilyn Manson show and now yeah. a story that. And now with him just in. Oh, yeah. Didn't see that coming. <laughs> oh, no. <laughs> yeah. There wasn't anything early on to say this guy might be a little off. <laughs> no, but, yeah. It's like talking to Kenny Deal about, you know, the people that he handled. You know, he handled Timothy McVeigh and yep. he handled these people. So part of it was Faye said to, you know, this guy is the guy that's doing the Ramses. And that was full square Ramses then. And here comes Marilyn. And, um, we're sitting in there. They had picnic tables, if you remember. Yeah. Oh, gosh, It was yes. a warm day. We sat out there for about an hour, and I thought, this guy's smart. I mean, I didn't know that, that sleeper party yeah. that was going on. But I'm, I'm Nobody cur- did. No, yeah. but I'm currently reading. It's called uh, Hollywood Ending about, uh, about Weinberger and everything that's happened. And nobody, I mean, guys saw it but didn't see it. Yeah. And, uh, yeah, that Ozfest, I still talk about, that's one of the weirdest dinners mm-hmm. I ever had. I think you were off with Manson yeah. at the time. But I sit down and it's in you know, the craft services. Yeah. And so they're, they are plastic white, yeah. uh, you know, basic picnic mm-hmm. tables. And you've got paper plates and plastic silverware. And I'm sitting down and next to me is Twiggy Ramirez. Uh, Tommy Iommi oh, is across yeah. the table from me. They're all serial me. killers. And yeah. the lead singer from Disturbed comes down and sits down next to us. And I'm like... This is just weird. Because, yeah, well, I mean, that, it, we're on paper plates and in plastic. What? And Morgan's a little kid, and the drummer from Pantera, who broke one of his drumsticks, I gives Morgan his drumsticks, which he coveted yeah. forever, too, you know, because I forget, you know. Yeah. Like, and hey, you got to see Slipknot without their masks on when Slipknot. that was, like, never allowed. Yeah. Yeah, my, yeah. my daughter said. And then we met Ozzy, and yeah. that was a moment. And well, then me and I Faye. think, don't you think, and you guys, you know, when you start doing stuff like this and you start to get behind... Yeah. You know, whether it's wrestling, music, wrestling, yeah. sports, yeah. like when I'd go down to Coors Field, you, you, there's no luster for you. You're just like, yeah, this this is yeah. who they are. They put their pants they're, on the same way I well, do. So. Yeah. They're working. Yeah. Billy Thorpe, Peter Boyles, Casey, and I talking about what it was. And so I get canned and uh, came over here and we talked last hour about meeting Case. And then Case and I just became... I always said I got th- I got three sons. I got my son Morgan. I got Casey. and I got Billy. You know, and uh, it so just worked. Yeah, it just oh. worked. We had great it was ratings. the best thing working down the hall with Casey there because you know it was. There were times in which Casey's like, "You won't believe what he's doing now." Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I'm like, "Oh, I got to see this." <laughs> just read the copy. Yeah, exactly. Read the copy. Yes. Plan the plan. <laughs> yeah. Yes. Oh, and yeah. and one of the one of my best stories about Casey when I first met Casey, and this is the first couple of weeks that we're working together, is we're talking about another host who will remain nameless because this host has had numerous jobs inside of this business at different radio stations. And Casey spent some time um, producing for him. 
And I said, oh, yeah, I hated producing with him because I, I had him on this show, and I was tired of him making us look like idiots because he would ask the dumbest questions. So I started writing questions for him for the guest. I know and who And Casey's <laughs> face turns red. He turns to me and goes, you're the idiot? <laughs> goes, I had to write questions because of you? And I'm looking yeah. at him going, that was like 18 oh, years ago at I this wouldn't point. do it. I wouldn't do it. He's like, hey, you, yes. I was like, I, I, my no. exact words were, if I have to do that, I'm going on that side yes. of the glass, and yes. you're coming on this side of the exactly. glass. Exactly. Which was the exact... Exact, uh, which is the exact uh, thing answer you should have said. That yes. was beautiful, and I love you for it. Oh, it was, that like, was wonderful. You kidding me? Yeah. My, I tell you what, my favorite shows uh, that I got to do with Pete, and still that he does, are his book shows. Oh yeah. Nobody does shows like that. I mean, yeah. w- what he always said: got to read the book. Read the book. Yeah. Got to read the book, and you can tell right away when a host hasn't. Yeah. They've got that sheet. Yeah. So the publicist yeah. sends out the sheet with these are the questions no. to ask. Yeah. And no. you can tell right away when somebody does that. Yeah. When Pete I just and, the, and, the, I, the, and you always I, I, I always get it with authors. I email them and be like, "Hey, Pete wants to have you on for 2 hours." Yeah. And they're like, "Man, I don't know if we're going to fill 2 hours." Yeah. I'm like, "Trust me. You're going to full and within the first segment, I'd put them on hold. Yep. I'd talk to them and they're like, "Oh my gosh, this is fantastic." I was like, "Yeah, dude, you're going to get to showcase your yeah. work for yeah. 2 yeah. hours." No, the number of authors that would come afterwards and say, "That was the best interview I have ever done." We had authors yeah. that would break their schedules uh, that they were doing publicity for even other books in order to do this show because it was that important. And one of the things I always would use Pete as an example and throw rocks at every other talent that I'd ever worked with is when they turn to me and say, no, no, I'm not going to read this because then I'm going to ask the no. question the average person is going to ask. Larry King. Guess what? Yeah. If I wanted the average person to ask questions, yeah. I'm going to bring them off the street and I'm going to have them sit down yeah. there. You're earning money to be the host. Do your job. Do your job. I and recently example. listened to another radio station. The guy was great, had this wonderful book. You could tell this guy never never read the book. Oh, never. Yeah. never. And so, well, that's why you got guys like Brad Metzler who would always. I mean, this guy is always New yeah. York Times bestselling author. And I would text him and be like, "Yeah, I'll come on right now." Yep. Well, when I met him, he was I don't want to say an unknown, but no, he still was. He yeah. relatively yeah, he was. was. He was relatively yeah. And he yeah. came in. We were working at you know Brand X and Brand X, and he came in, and I said, and I'd read his book, and I said, "You know about the?" Um, and it was this bizarre organization that existed after the American Civil War that maybe Jesse James was part of, and it was the circle of the... And I said, you know about that. And he goes, how do you know about it? And I said, let's talk about it. And we sat down, and now I, mean, I got the books. The girls are now older now, but yep. I got the new... He did a book on Batman. Oh, we got them all. Got all the stuff that he did. And Meltzer is just this one of... I'm watching, there's some really good things on Netflix about the creating of the cartoons in mm-hmm. America, and it's yeah. Meltzer. You know, he's absolutely brilliant. He's staggeringly brilliant. I mean, the morning Stan Lee passed away, we got him on. Yeah. Like, right away, I texted him. I was like, hey, you got a, you got yeah. a minute? He's like, whatever you want. Yeah. I mean, he's just, he'll text me randomly still, still yeah. to this day. I I, I he's still just a good him. dude, man. He's a great guy. And, you know, he's the one that brought up, he's the one that found out that the, uh, the guy that invented Batman or drew Batman for the first time, or you know, Superman, yeah. was Schuster, uh, that his, was it Schuster or was it Batman? It was Batman. The guy who created Batman, and his father had been murdered. Yep. In oh, a, yeah. it had a clothing yep. store. Yeah, that was Batman. Yeah. And and he his father and so the, and the Batman, Bruce Wayne's father and mother, are killed. Yeah. And and so you realize this kid's like sixteen years old, and he loses his father to this murder, and it's in like the in the thirties. Yeah. And out of that comes Batman. That whole story. Oh. Yeah. Someone that could do what he couldn't. Mm. Yeah. Yeah. That could go yeah. and and make it right. Yep. And yeah. uh, I just thought to myself, and then we, so we, we became friends with so many of these people. 
that they would come to town and, well, if you can't do the show, you want to have lunch. Well, and you'd sure. always, and they'd always go through different publicists, and that's yeah. so funny. Oh, that's and I, I know they're just doing their job. Yeah. But I'd be like, listen, I know your day's planned. Please yeah. just tell Brad. And I, I would text Brad, too, because he gave me his personal number. I'd be like, hey, your publicist is not making time for us. Next thing I know, I'd get an email in about five minutes. Hey, uh, we blocked out this part of time. Yes. I'm like, yeah, because he's not going to miss Pete's show. <laughs> yeah, man. exactly. Billy Thorpe and Casey Boyer, Peter Boyle, 710 KNUS on Christmas Eve. Um, so what's the secret, everybody? I, I think talk radio is in a downturn right now. It's personal belief. What's the secret to talk radio? Man, I think what made you different than most people is you have to go across the line that nobody wants to go across. You have to push boundaries. that, And nobody's really doing that now. Um you know, it's like the old saying, they're like, who's, who's going to replace Rush Limbaugh? Nobody. Nobody. Yeah. Nobody. You're not, that's, that's the yeah. personality that made that. And we have, we have these cookie cutters now. Connor and I talk about this on sports radio all the time. I felt bad, but I had a kid the other day ask me, he's like, I want to get involved in sports radio. And I said, well, did you play pro sports? Yeah. He said, no. I said, well, good luck. Yeah. And which is very sad because you're missing out on a lot of talent that is not going to be on the air because, well, this guy played football. And I'm going to be honest with you, most of those guys aren't very good. There are some that are. I'm not. But most of them, you're like, wow, this guy is, I can't listen to this because it's not a radio host. And we're just changing it to where all this is like, well, that person can do it on the air. And they're not. There's people that this is a craft that they've crafted for a long time, and there's a reason they're great at it. And we are missing out on a whole slew of talent because of that. Billy? Yeah. I think Casey's a lot, very right. In fact, we can go to a recent uh, afternoon drive time partnership that was broken up after being very, very yeah. successful. And in my opinion... Um, wrong the, guy. Yeah, they took the wrong guy yeah. because they didn't take the radio guy. Yeah. The guy that understands how this works mm-hmm. in the inside of it. And we had been talking a little bit off the air um, about some of the talent. And the key for me inside of talk radio and the thing that's lacking is that most people doing this job do not understand how the medium is used at its mm-hmm. core. They look at it as an extension of just a podcast. Yeah. They don't understand that this is the most immediate and most intimate mm-hmm. medium of mass communications. They don't understand that it is the idea of talking to thousands while really only talking to one. Mm-hmm. And what does that look like? And most of the people believe that they're going to come on here and they're going to be this kind of a personality, not understanding that the greats in this business are perfect at their job, but they also understand how to break the rules and the interesting part of this business the interesting part of the conversations in talk radio happen outside the boundaries that until you're asking hard questions until you're asking why this is happening until you're willing to look at somebody and say i hear what you're saying but you're wrong and talk to me about this and breaking what their preconceived notions are nobody wants to do that everybody wants to be on the air and be a cheerleader and have this giant you know waff of fans follow you and say you're great because you're telling me everything that i want to that I want to hear. No, you should be asking questions that hurts the audience at some point because you want them to challenge their preconceived beliefs and notions. That's where this industry lives. That's where the guys that made this great started mm-hmm. and too many people in this industry right now are afraid to do that. They're cheerleaders. Yes, they're cheerleaders. Mm-hmm. And that's not it. If Peter and I would always say, if someone either cursed before 5.30 in the morning at us, it was going to be a great show, or if we had a long list of people that were still mad at us after the show. Either one of those, great show. But when the people were happy with everything we did, no. we got to work harder. It, that's not it. That's not where this well, business lives, and um, people don't understand that. It, it is so true. The last six and a half years have uh, destroyed talk radio. And, uh, oh, yeah. 
Well, everybody thinks they can podcast, too. Yeah. Well, you know, I, it's okay because if you compare and contrast the Nielsen's when it's radio and television and look at newspaper circulation, there was an opportunity, and it wasn't taken. And, in fact, uh, the kinds of things that were said to me and have continued to be said to me, including some interesting uh, messaging this morning, and I went two, two days after the election, and I said Donald Trump got beat. Billy was with me yeah. when it happened. Well, and we talked about that off the air a lot about is this the time? How do we present yeah. that? What is the conversation? Well, and look I don't like? think people understand how much yeah. conversations do go on. Off oh, air. yeah, like um, like a lot of times, I think what people don't understand is when you're talking about something that a topic that you're going to discuss or go to. One of the ways that I think all of us like if Pete and I would start arguing about it. No, I think it's this. But we'll be like, well, if we're arguing about it, yeah. this is yeah. the way to go. Yep, exactly. When I was talking about sharpening the question, yeah. how do you make the question when you're talking to the listener when you're presenting it? How do you cleave it down to the point in which it touches a nerve? Because nobody is going to continue to listen or pick up the phone if yeah. you're not touching them emotionally. We had, we had a There's line. There. We had a line. We would say to the producer and to you guys, find me the guy that disagrees. Yep, exactly. Yeah. Immediately. And then the fight's on. Don't listen and to the person, everybody in the room telling yeah. you yes. You know, yeah. just, people this, tell you no. This yep. year, um, the Denver Press Club, and again, to Albie and those guys, thank you, and to Kevin and everybody, Kevin Flynn, but Alan got inducted finally into finally. the Press yeah. Club Hall of Fame. But So I'm doing. I'm a traffic reporter. I was Berg's traffic reporter, but then I would go and work mornings with Bob Lee until everybody said, no, that show's too good. You guys got to quit doing traffic. You just do a, be, a, be a jock. And uh, Elvis Presley died. This is a true story. And Presley died. And uh, we were doing Country Morning, and, you know, and I, I had learned I had not quite become a heel. And so Bob and I were taking calls. I mean, grown men are crying that Elvis was gone. We're putting people on the air. We're going all Elvis all the time. Berg's on the air. Berg said the guy could never sing. Oh. He, said he, was, he said he couldn't carry a tune. Yep. Which is exactly it. That's the nerve. That's where the conversation lives. That's oh. the sharpness. And that is where the reaction did, lives. He's coloring outside the lines. No, he really That is did. exactly it. That's he what Berg on, is he doing. He went on the air. And, yeah. you know, he was a jazz, Berg was a jazz fanatic and yep. promoted jazz at one time in Chicago. But And he does this. He laces up on uh, a dead Elvis. Mm-hmm. On the morning, Elvis is dead. Oh, yeah. Didn't mess around. He couldn't sing. He said he not in a, in a bushel basket couldn't <laughs> carry a song. And you know what those oh, line, phone lines did? Burned it up. Yep. Burned it up. Yep. And everybody that was listening to something else, that was listening to something else had one of their friends call them or try to get a hold of them and say, oh. listen to what this a-hole you know. is doing. Oh, yeah, you know who's another yeah. one that could do that? And obviously I, my mm-hmm. passion yeah. on Joe Williams. Oh, oh yes. The hitman. Oh, Sandy Clough. Yeah. Jo- Sandy Joe Clough. Williams could make yeah. one statement. Oh. He, and people always yeah. used to think he hated Elway. He no. never did, but he knew what. No, but he, he, knew, he knew how to throw that haymaker. He'd yep. wait and wait and wait, and then pop. Yeah, he, oh, he, he's good. been doing this show. He's, he's been appearing here. He and Sandy were together mm-hmm. last Saturday, and uh, I can't tell you about Joe Williams because he but, he had that that ability. <gasps> that, but those two guys don't get a chance in today's radio. No, no, they don't. No, no. and that's no. the sad thing. That's what's yeah. sad about it is those guys are well, brilliant. Yeah, they are. I mean, and that's why I tell people all the time. I, I get people that are like, I can't stand Sandy Clough. I'm like, you're no. missing the point. Yeah, no, no. You're missing. You're yeah. missing the point. Yeah. This guy's brilliant. Yep. He came into town, and we talked about it. He was on a radio show, and Steve Harms, and he's going to be on the show. And we talked about it. And uh, so we're working at, all working at KOA when Sandy's a rookie, and he comes here from New York. And Berg's alive. And so there would be times after a Bronco game that I'd be in a car and, you know, call, you know, marking a guy, knocking a guy. And he would do this routine. Sir, sir, which is a Berg Open. Were you watching the same football game that I was watching? <laughs> Just light the guy up. Yep. So good. And and I've seen he's he's channeling Allen in that uh, confrontive uh, yep. moment. That um, and if callers ever knew, 
Oh. They have no chance. No you chance. Have no, no chance. No. But, Not against Sandy. But it was nope. no. Nope. But and, and Joe so was good. the same way. Joe, when Irv, yeah. when Irv brought Joe in, and I uh. tell everybody, Irv Brown is the mother of all battles. He's yes. Dave Logan. He's Joe. He remembered everybody oh. too. I when I first met Irv, uh, I was uh, at that station interning for, yeah. and he walked in. and I was like. Mr. Brown's nice to meet you. I'm Casey Blair. Yeah. He goes, Blair, Blair. He goes, did you and your brothers play football at Rangeview yeah. High School? Yeah. I was like, oh, yeah. oh, yeah. oh my. He knew everybody. Yeah. And he remembered everybody. Yeah, he did. Yeah. And, and he, again, he's a great example of a guy that understood with Joe Williams that what the roles were. That you know, Irv came on, and Irv was was the straight man, and Irv was allowing Joe to say some of the outrageous stuff, and Irv would do the heavy lifting and move the topic along. And then when Joe could find those moments of magic, he would react to what Irv was doing, mm-hmm. and he'd find those moments of magic, and that's where the show was. And I would love yeah. Irv. Joe would make the comment, and you yeah. just hear Irv laugh like, oh, yeah, oh, "Here like, we oh, go," because yeah, exactly. <laughs> he knew it. He had been waiting the entire time. He's yeah. like, "Here's a here and pitch. Here's a pitch. Here's a pitch. Oh, you knocked that one out. There, there we go. He, he would when when, yeah. when Nebraska see you. Oh, yeah. And you get oh, a caller yes. from Nebraska, and he would say, I've been working with him. He'd say, I got this one, Irv. I can handle these guys. <laughs> and the guys are like spiraling, mm-hmm. right? And and yep. no. And if you knew Joe, or if you knew Sandy, yeah. you know, away from the gig, you know, it's like, uh, it, yeah, one of a kind, both of them. And, they, and they're sweethearts. Oh, oh Sandy's guys. one of the nicest guys in the entire world. Yeah. He's, I've, got a, I've got a story from a long, long, long time radio uh, jock that I know. She's absolutely fantastic. She worked nights uh, right down the hall from Sandy Clough for years. Mm-hmm. And every night, Sandy would tell her, when you finished your shift at midnight, wait, because I have five minutes of the news. Walk I will walk you to your walk car. And Sandy. he did every night. In fact, sure. she said there was one night where it, was, it looked like he was running late and he was talking to someone and she didn't want to bother him. Yeah. He found her the next day before the shift. He I'm goes, I am so mad at you. Yeah, and she goes, I felt like Dad was mad at me. No. And so she waited every time. No, it was he, important. Yeah, he's right. that kind of guy. Kill your mics. Hang on. I'm going to do a turnaround. I'm going to sell something. 710 KNUS Saturday morning. This was wonderful stuff. December the 24th from the guys behind the glass talking. And uh, Casey's family is here. I've watched these kids grow up. But special thanks to so many people that were part of this. Yeah, make this cooler, man. Which It's a hot in here. 45. Jimmy works hot, man. I can't make the thing cool off. 51 on Sunday. And my friend's law office is a Dan Kaplis. Danny, I mean, truly, there's a, a good man and, you know, the part of the saga of everybody's family. But our, our family had a moment, and and I called Dan, and he was, he was just there at, at 9 o'clock, I'm sure, when he's done work. And he would call. Is everything okay? And he didn't have to do that. And the former DAs are now on a job with him. The Kaplis Law believes talks cheap, experience counts, results matter. The firm would be happy to share with you its track record of outstanding jury verdicts, out-of-court settlements, and Danny believes that it is who you hire says a lot about who everybody's involved in the case. I suggest, okay, case kicked the furnace off, man. It was great. So call nine here, 303-907-5003. I know it's a week, but if I were you, I would say, okay, something's happened. I need to, just to get some information. Core values have been the foundation of Danny's success, faith and integrity, hard work, dedication, it's Kaplis, C-A-P-L-I-S, Dan, KaplisLaw.com, 303-907-5003, 303-907-5003. Give Kaplis Law a call. Have a holly jolly Christmas. For lives. It's the best time of. 710 KUS, ask him about UAC. 45 will be the high today and 51 on Sunday and go skiing and we'll knock it out. It's Christmas. Love it. Christmas Eve. 
December the uh, 24th, and we're going to have Casey's family with us. And then we'll do some open lines. Anybody has something they want to say briefly and run through, we'll take it. It's the Ribble Group. And lots of times people's homes don't sell with the first real estate agent. As a result, often costing home sellers thousands of dollars in low offers and painful holding costs. This is why I recommend my realtor, Gay Ribble, Empower Group Home Team, Keller Williams Realty. Gay already has the buyers. In fact, she has over 14,000 ready-to-go people looking to buy right now. Gay Ribble leads the industry with getting your home sold fast and for top dollar. She nets her sellers 6% more on average. Gay, G-A-Y-E, will even guarantee if your home doesn't sell, she'll buy it in cash at a price acceptable to you. If you or anybody you know, and people stalled out right now, I'll tell you what, call her. Gay Ribble, Empower Home Team, direct 833-301-SOLD, 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 or visit gayhasthebuyers.com. It's gayhasthebuyers.com, gayhasthebuyers.com. Casey's here, and his family... Uh, the girls are, your, your daughter's going to graduate from high school. Yes. She was like, when I met her, she was eight or yeah. eight or nine, yeah. seven. Probably. I, yeah. 18 now. And she's 18. As of a couple of days ago. This is one of the great families. This always gives me encouragement that there are great marriages. <laughs> uh, that's her, not me. I don't care. Oh, How she puts up was, with me, I have no that idea. That's very sweet. Thank you. But it is. It's a, it's a, it's a, it's honest God to have everybody here. What are you guys going to do today? Well, I'll probably be over at the brewery. We have a little event there. Uh, Bethany and the girls will go see her family for a little Good. bit today. Yay! And then, and then, <laughs> and then all of us will be together tomorrow. So, yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. So I, it's been. I mean, yeah. I've watched you guys, and I love your wife, love your girls, and you know, and my grandson is as old as your youngest, and they know each other, and everybody knew each other, and I think that was part of, and you know, what radio really was about mm-hmm. is if the good people knew each other mm-hmm. and worked together. And uh, not, you know, there's another side of this that, believe me, I have witnessed firsthand. But there was something about meeting you and knowing that you were, you know, you were solid and your brother was solid. And, you know, Billy, my heavens, Billy, wow, he's a great mm-hmm. dad. Well, you're just, you, you say it all the time about that he's a guy. Yeah. He's just mm-hmm. one of the guys. Yeah. You know, and we're, we're old school guys. There's, being a guy. listen, oh. there's no, no problem with dusting it up a little bit, getting after each other. Oh. But you leave it there. Yeah. That's the thing is a lot of people, a lot of people couldn't handle the intense arguments we had. But they, there was all, it was is grown from a place where we knew it was to make the show better. That's what it was. There was no hey, we're not, why it was, hey, I think we should do this. You, it just it's one of those things. A lot of people can't handle that stuff, man. It's but that's how I've operated my entire life. That's that's how I had a father. It was yeah. you know he cracked me on the skull and said, don't do that again. We, we, there was a thing they're called radio guys, and um, they were, I mean, locally here, we work for a, two of them. Um, Kelly Michaels was an absolute radio guy. Yep. You know, Brian was a radio guy as a kid, but you can go around the horn and find the radio guys. We were talking about, you know, and there's other guys that are, they walk in and sit down, Dave Logan principally, um, Mike Rosen, um, Joe Williams. Uh, Sandy. I mean, Sandy, yeah, Sandy was a radio guy, but Joe wasn't. Joe was a caller. Yep. And Irv saw talent in Joe and brought him in. Um, Dave Logan. Berg. Berg walked in, sat down, and had it. I mean, he literally had lost his law license, gained his sobriety, had a, a shirt and a, and, a, and a shoe store, a boot broker. And he had a friend that wow. bought, bought stuff from him and came in and, and was a radio guy. And uh, 
he brought Berg in to do tryouts because Berg apparently was always doing uh, comments. And he said, well, come do this. Berg got it, sat down, boom, had it. You know, he, wow. he, he was an attorney. You know, he wasn't. So Rosen was the same way. Came in, sat down, There's boom, just not very it. many like that. No, there aren't. I mean, yeah. off the top of it, can you think of any that, yeah, no. now Connor's no. with us. I, no. But a lot of guys, like we did a shoot with Jerry Bell. And uh, Jerry retired. You know, a lot of guys are getting out. Jerry was a radio guy in California. Mm-hmm. And um, talked about apparently KGO, which was a KOA-esque, has gone all sports betting. Oh, that's wow. it's crazy what that's become. What's that about? Um, Connor can speak this better than I can because... I mean, the money in it is unreal, isn't it? Well, it's like it's like a religious station. The the uh, they buy, they buy a show, and then they like in the religious stations they ask for money to stay on the air, which is a winky winky. But these guys will give you my really hot tips to bet to win, but you need to pay me thirty bucks or whatever it is. Um, you come here. You did this, yeah. Well, that that we all know the story of the stories about the casinos, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. You probably have some great casino mm-hmm. stories. The house has now come to you. Sure. The house is on your phone. Yeah. Wow. Oh, absolutely. And they're going to win. Think about what that has done to the graph in terms mm-hmm. of the money no, I've involved. Said it. Yeah, you watch it. And- I mean, the advertising dollars from the gambling companies is unreal. Yeah. I mean, you have you have a station here in town, AM 950, mm-hmm. that is completely devoted oh, I know. to sports games. That's, and that used to be Kim Radio. That was yep. like mm-hmm. a top 40 guerrilla station. But that station. station is 100% sports gambling I know. now. And then we're, uh, there's t- actually there's two of them now in the city, isn't yep. there? Yeah. Yep. And there may be another one coming, according to Jerry. That's Bell. crazy, man. And you can all do it right, right from your phone. Oh, absolutely. And you can make bets during games, in yeah. game. I mean, this stuff all lines. I mean, all of us says, <clears throat> excuse me, all of us a bunch of crew. We'll watch the Super Bowl together, and a lot of these guys are making bets mm-hmm. on their phone during the game. Yeah. yeah, it's crazy how how easy, how fast it is. And yet, Pete Rose still isn't in the Hall of Fame. <laughs> you know, what? I knew you were going. No, there. no. It, uh, let me tell you something. I, I. I um, uh, Deborah Flora's husband, Jonathan, worked for the Cincinnati Reds. He's like this. I had dinner with him at our Christmas party, and I just sat all night. He worked in professional wrestling. He worked. And I'm going to get him to come here in January and sit and tell stories. He knew Pete Rose. Hmm. I mean, he and I, we talked. We talk, Jonathan and I talked uh, about somebody mentioned Scott Hastings. Thank you. Scott Hastings sat down and got it, too. Oh, yeah. Um, um, which he says, hi, I talked yeah. to him. No, he's day. the best. I like. He was just, they did a radio show with us on Halloween about, we used to go to haunted houses I hated together. those shows. Well, you never wanted to go. <laughs> no, I'm yeah. terrified. And I was up for it. Let's go. You know, Billy, Billy never went, but he would, when the show was over, he'd show up with his kids to yep. give his kids a tour of the haunted house. I would, I oh. was happily volunteering in studio. I was like, I'll run the studio. I would do it. Although you got me to the one at the melting pot. That's right. And then GM there told the story about when he was, so at the melting pot, you go down these yeah. stairs and the bathroom's kind of in the back right. And this guy, he's like, I don't get scared easily. Yeah. You could tell that this, yeah. and he goes, he tells the story, he goes, I go to the bathroom at about 2.33 in the morning. The place is completely closed. I'm the only one there. He goes, I'm in the bathroom. He goes, and this is before automatic flushers. This is more automatic lights. He's sitting in the back left stall, and as he, and he's sitting there. One urinal flushes. The next urinal flushes. The third flushes. The toilet next to him flushes. All three sinks go on separately, one after the other, <laughs> and the lights went out. Yeah. And yeah. I'm sitting there. I literally, at that point, the rest of the night, I walked across the street to go to the bathroom. Because oh, yeah. I'm like, I'm not going down I there. I don't think you've been back to the melting pot since nope. then. Well, <laughs> when we were there that one night, and we've been, we went to the melting pot 
And you had like a ghost whisper oh, or something. And you know, it was Tom Martino's ex-wife oh. ran out. She freaked out. She freaked out. She said, really? I, I'm not staying here. Yeah, Holly. She wow. she was gone. And because um, Tommy was there. And uh, that was no, it was like those were I. But I that was one of those parts of adventure that someday you write about. But I just got the idea. I said, well, I'll just go. Um, spend, I don't know where it Did came you, from. Didn't Ed Sardella go with you on one? No, it was Ward Lucas. That's who it was. Yes. Ward Lucas, who was a um, a debunker, that, and that was out at that like farm in the ranch. We went to that. That's the first place we ever went. Was that yeah. guy said to Bigfoot, and they were cattle mutilating. <laughs> I'm, I'm, you know, and that was and the late Alan Dumas went, and I put together a team of guys. Jim Turner went. JT. Yep. I mean, I said every and all these guys running in said, Peter, I want to go with you, and I said, Well, sure. You know, what do I know? And so we went out there, and the names were be protected to protect the innocent but this guy said that cattle were being mutilated and bigfoot and i mean it was great it was way the five times out of here <laughs> and so we take everybody and, and this is a like tr- true adventure story so these people are drinking they're uh-huh. getting crazy and mm. ward lucas starts running trip wires in the house <laughs> oh, yeah, we're gonna get him back on the show because he said they're gonna come try and get us in the middle of the night they're gonna trip on these wires and no i i'm laying okay and so I said to the guy, I said, well, where's the Bigfoot show up? And he goes, well, it comes right through here. And I said, well, I'm going to sleep in here because I want to see it. And, of course, nothing happened. So the next morning I come down, and uh, I'm trying to think who the engineer was on that day. Maybe Kenny. It was Kenny. Kenny Dana. It was Kenny. And, uh, and there was three guys sitting there. I didn't know who they were. And I said, who are you? And he said, and he introduced himself. I don't know if I should use his name. But we are from the Rocky Mountain Skeptics. And we snuck in here last night to protect you guys. So I thought, man, we're on to something with this. And um, the next time I went, I went to um, uh, someplace on Larimer Street that allegedly uh, an Asian Chinese woman had been murdered. She was pressed to, you know, all this kind of stuff. And I they read s- about this story. Yeah, and they said that they could smell cigarettes upstairs and sometimes a piano would start to play. And I went along. Mm-hmm. And I went up and slept on the couch up- upstairs and... Nothing happened, but the next morning, this guy shows up, and a really big, imposing guy, and he had told, maybe Daryl, but he said that he was a warlock, and he had, no, Christmas, it was a Halloween, oh, no, I believe Halloween morning. I'm not knocking. He's a big guy, so he's big as Kenny, right? And I, I said, well, have a seat, and they said, I said, <laughs> I, I said, so you're a warlock, and he went, I'm a witch. I went. I thought only women could be. That's all we're on. I got, I got, so it was a good show. People showed up to see the guy. And I, said, I think we're on to something. So we started to hunt wow. haunted places to Those go. Those were the 5 o'clock hours that I was like, oh, oh here we go. Yeah, the we callers were getting the 5 a.m. hour. Oh, it was great. I mean, it was like really, really good, fun thing. I mean, we did a great thing. And Scotty Hastings, who told stories about it, he went He went with us. Oh, yeah. And um, David didn't want to go. Dave Logan was like, you, no, 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 thanks. Mm-hmm. But um, I, I get people tease me all the time. I'm like, oh, chicken. I'm like, yep. I mean, there's no. nothing they can do. I'm like, yeah, yeah cool. I have no problem. Call yeah. me what you want. I'm not going. No, 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 no. I'm not doing it. <laughs> but David was like, and Dave said no, and Scotty loved him. And but you know, I, I said Scott's uh, such a big dude. Oh. I mean, him and Dave together. Were yeah, like they're just Scott's huge. so massive. Yeah, man. they were huge. Mm-hmm. So I thought, anyhow, I so I, I said to forever it was I it was it was, was Daryl and uh, and Kenny. I said we got one more in us, and they said yeah, we think so. So we'll see what happens this year. I don't know. But, I will not okay. be there. No, sorry. <laughs> the girls would probably want to go. Bailey right? will go. Uh, Bailey yeah. would. Bailey, yeah. heart, Bailey, you and me, kid. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm going to turn a turnaround. I love you all so much. But put Bailey, because I, I, this young woman, 
I've seen her grow up. And now you're about to graduate. Mm -hmm. How did that happen? Well, um, I was born and then I went to school. Self-evident, yeah. And And your daughter is you. Your youngest is you. You're your mom, but she's, no, she's like. Here. Yeah. Sophia, tell Pete your, when you sizzle what? Oh. No. No, I'm not doing that. She's in the room the other day. She looks at me and she goes, Dad. See me sizzle? Because I'm baking. <laughs> She's the best. I'm never going to hear She's the end so of it. Silly. I, I just love you guys. It's a great family and it encouraging encouraging for everybody. So I'm going to see Say, Watch this. Open lines, 303-696-1971 and see what happens. Um, you're all the best. You're all the very best. Let's kill the mics and we'll turn around and wrap this puppy up. It is 1139, 20 before the hour. 45 will be the high. 51 the high tomorrow. It's Christmas Eve. There you go. Saturday morning, Christmas Eve. There's snow out there. Thank you, everybody. December 24th, 2022. It's a Saturday morning, 710 KNUS. And we've had often on jammed up lines, people want to say something. And I hogged it. So if you've got anything left in you, 303-696-1971. Holidays are here. And again, everybody just blows it out. But you want to get back in shape and start early, like Tuesday or Monday, by calling Dr. McCallan's the team at Cenogenics, while you might be tempted to making a healthy choice, but I'm going to I'm going to no. I mean, she she is remarkable. We were texting this morning. I was in the gym texting Dr. McCallan. She changed me again. She saved me. The team at Cenogenics approaches healthcare, disease prevention, aging from research based methodology. You want to lose weight, sleep better, increase your libido, boost your immunes. The flu season, Cenogenics can help. They create a program designed just for you to focus, become stronger, feel in control of your life. No fads and no gimmicks. Take control of your life, your health. Don't suffer from low energy, lack of focus, unintentional weight gain, poor sleep, low libido. One more day. Call Cenogenics. Make the call. 720-387-3681-720-387-3681. They have a website, denver.cenogenics.com. She's the best, 720-387-3681. Give me a name on line one. It is, it is Marvin. All right. Marvin, you're on the radio show. <laughs> Peter, wow, they put me quick. Hey, listen, apologies. I can hardly hear you, Marvin. Your phone is breaking up. Okay, I'll calm down. Can you hear me now? Yes, much better. Sorry, sorry, sir. Hey, listen, uh, uh, I'll cut to quick here, Pete. Oh, wait, first off. Marvin, your phone is breaking up. Whatever you're doing, walk in the other room. I didn't change. I'll just lower my voice. How's this, sir? I have no idea. Go ahead. Okay, thank you. I have no idea. <laughs> yeah, you, that is a mouthful. Right okay, so Marvin, anyway. that's a lousy call, brother. I can't. I can hardly hear you. All right, Peter. I'll one Seven ten. Can you ask? Good morning, everybody. All right. Um, it was interesting, some of the uh, response mails on uh, what I said in the uh, 9 o'clock. Fox News is fake news, and it doesn't mean uh, that I talked to Sean Hannity. This is Sean Hannity under oath. All of these Foxers under oath from the Dominion lawsuit. That's $1.3 billion lawsuit. 
that the uh, Murdochs are all being deposed under now, right now. So there was a release from the commission or the committee. And they're in there saying, well, we never believed these people. I said, pardon me? I read them three or four different times. All these foxers are in there saying, well, we're, they're, trying to get, they're trying to get themselves out of it. Now, whether they believe them or not, I have no idea. They now say, oh, we never believed um, the Kraken. We never believed any of these people. And I said, really? Then you tell me right now, who's fake news? This was so maddening to me because being the blunt of many calls and text messaging, well, they said this or they said that. Isn't it interesting? One of the charges that was thrown out years ago was fake news. It was said by the former president again and again and again. And then talk show hosts picked it up. Oh, that's fake news. This is fake news. That's fake news. Huh. And the mecca of all of this was Fox News. And Fox wasn't fake, especially when they were carrying the lie. And now under oath, when everybody's keister in the ringer, they come out and say, well, we really didn't believe them anyhow. Pardon me? But you still put their lies on the air and said it was the truth? So you tell me now, talk show hosts and callers and others, who was fake news? Politicians? Ask now of some anti-vaxxer. Who's fake news? Who really does this stuff? And they were telling lies. But they were, now they're saying, oh, we knew they were lies. Oh, really? Well, if you knew they were lies, then you are fake news. And next year is going to be a rough year. It's going to be rough on the media. When you saw the Alex Jones story last year, that's only round one. You watch. Well, we got some. and wanted to do a jump quick call. We have, anybody? Nobody. Who, who is it? Steve. Uh, yes, sir. Steve, we got about, I don't know how much time, but not much, but go ahead. Uh, Merry Christmas. Thank you. And, uh, you know, the J6 report is, is certainly worth reading. Yes, it is. And there, there's going to come a time, this is a guarantee, where lawyers are going to have to stop misleading people. Yes. And where, uh, and where media and talk show yes. and TV people yes. are going to have to stop. Absolutely. It will stop. And my, the other thing is, go ahead. My prediction as a reader of radio history, in the 50s, there was something called the scandals, and it took place with top 40 disc jockeys, and they were on the take. Uh, they were doing all kinds of things. And what, what eventually happened is they were Senate hearings. They were not the FCC. They were held in the Senate, and the Democrats now hold the Senate. And I don't know what's going to happen, but Alex Jones is just the tip of the tip of the spear. And you watch now. You you know, mark my words. When they decide, and Alex Jones, like I said, is the uh, they call him the Judas goat. You know, the goat that would lead the other goats or the cattle into be into be um, slaughtered, and then the goat would go back out and do it again. Alex Jones is an absolute clown, but what happened to him is a harbinger. And I read the December, December, the January 6th stuff as well as you did. And they're all in there under oath saying we never believed them. What does that mean to you? And they're Republicans. The J6, oh, sure. of course, it, it's written on that. And, uh, you know, it's one thing to have a different opinion, but it's another thing to Blake, you know, just consistently tell lies. Yeah. And it, People saw what happened on J6. Sure, but no, you know, no, 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 not according to talk radio. It was Antifa and it was uh, 
that wasn't true, and there was some guy that led people in like the Judas goat. No, none of, none of, none of that's true. It doesn't hold up. They brought this stuff in. I, I've been following this fairly closely. I'm certainly not an expert, but a reader. And when those Fox people, when that dropped, that Hannity and these guys are on, they're going, well, we never believed them. All they're trying to do is get a certain part of their body out of the ringer. You know that. I mean, they're, yeah. they're trying to, you know, like, because, and Rupert Murdoch, and I talked to Dean Singleton, who knows Rupert Murdoch. Rupert Murdoch is never going to go into a courtroom and admit they lied. They're going to settle. And when they do, it's Katie bar the door. Uh, and the other thing is Roy Cohn was not a good man. He was disbarred oh. from the D.C. bar. In, in the end. In the end. No, actually, yeah. he was disbarred uh, prior to that on four different, uh, on four different counts. Uh, he was he lost his law license, and he traditionally threw the it's sort of the end of the book, but he threw this big family party every year, and he was really extravagant. He laid all the money. He had been disbarred, and all of a sudden, when he threw his family dinner, nobody showed up. Um, you know, he met Trump, and you know it's just amazing. And so, um, it is what it Trump is. Trump adored him. Well, was, Trump adored him. Well, they, but Trump, you know, he. As the story goes in the book, he's at a, some kind of a soiree and Trump's sitting back to back with him. And Trump is being sued because they started gambling Trump Tower and they had built some places in uh, New Jersey, in Atlantic City, as employee housing. And according to the lawsuit, uh, Trump would not uh, rent to black people. And he yeah. and he meets he meets Roy Cohen and he tells Cohen, you know, I've been with two silk stocking law firms for you know, weeks, and they want me to apologize and pay a big fine. Roy Cohen says, hell no. And Trump said, can I come and see you? And Roy Cohen turns around and sues the sewers. And um, and that's the beginning of the relationship between the two of them was over that. And remember, I mean, Roy Cohen represented organized crime. He hunted witches for Joe McCarthy. He died of AIDS. He died of AIDS telling people he wasn't gay. It was great. Sad. Represented the archdiocese. Oh yeah, I mean he you was, know he, he was he was launched. He had this rumor going that he was engaged to Barbara Walters. Oh yeah, he I, dated I, her. I, yeah, he dated her. Yeah, <laughs> she bearded. They call it a beard. She 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 bearded for for Roy. Uh, his I, uh, yeah, his lovers in the book. And, I, pre- I appreciate you standing up for all against the the big lie and all this because it took a toll. It, it's really been it's really been distorted, oh. and it continues to be it, it, distorted. I can't tell you it hasn't taken a toll. It took a toll. No, but you did I, very I, well. You have a nice Christmas. Well, I don't know what they're going to do next, but you're right. Thank you. Uh, do we have one more second call? We have enough time now. Who is it? Give me a name. Uh, hey, Dick, you got thirty seconds. Good morning. Thank you. Hey, Pete. Yes, sir. Richard, the limo driver. My boy. Yeah, I, I texted in. I think that was Ward Lucas that used to tell that story about that he came here from Seattle and he was with the program director and the guy. Yeah. Oh, he said, Sir, he, what, what's my job here? And he said, get and, me sued. Get me sued. And Ward. That was a line. Yeah, Ward Lucas, actually, there's a thing called the Ron Bailey School of Broadcasting. And Ron Bailey went to jail. Yeah, ju- I remember that. He went sure, to jail. Sure. Ron, Ron Bailey went to jail. <laughs> but Ward Lucas knew, he knew Ron Bailey in Seattle. That's a, I, right. we got to get Ward back in there. I, I tell you what. I love Ward. All right, man, we're we're on a line. All right, everybody, Merry Christmas, Merry Christmas. I don't know if I'm going to be skiing next Saturday or here on New Year's Eve. A lot of me wants to come back. But sit down and read that December 6th report, especially about Fox News. 
Merry Christmas, everybody. It's been a hell of a year. And thanks, Blake. Blake Gallagher, whale of a job Christmas Eve. Y'all take care of yourselves and thank you. Three-star general Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal record to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.